we'd like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study for September 26th, 2010, and we're going to pick back up where we left off. We're done with the Lady Gaga part, and we're going to go on to a question I got about Christine O'Donnell. Um, question from Ron, and he said, Christine O'Donnell is running for Senate in Delaware. She claims to have practiced witchcraft, but is now a convert. Is that possible? And this is, he gives me a link here. Is she really a convert? Please solve this mystery. Thanks for all the help. Okay, my response. No, I really don't think so, as virtually everyone at her level has sold out to get there. So I, I am apprehensive of them all. What, this is what we just talked about, about Lady Gaga. Holds true with politics. Holds true with Hollywood. It holds true with the music industry. You know... It's the world, and if you want to advance and get far in the world, in the world system, and this is going to be increasingly more and more and more, you're going to increasingly have to sell out more and more and more to Satan. So, you know, if, if this was really the case, why isn't the government moving in like the right direction? Why has it been moving in such a negative direction for so long? If people were really getting in there that were really good people, they just get in there and the, the, the same pattern just continues. You know, anyway, that's a whole other subject. But Christine O'Donnell, the Republican nominee seeking Delaware's open Senate seat, said on Bill Mayer's Politically Incorrect in 1995, this is a quote, and I give you the link to the video where you can watch her say it. it sa she says, I was a witch. I dabbled into witchcraft. Now, how could you be a witch and just dabble? I mean, anyway, she said, I was a witch. I dabbled into witchcraft. You know she's going to downplay it. And then she says, oh, but I never joined a coven. That doesn't mean anything. There's a lot of witches out there that are called solitaries. And they're witchcraft practitioners that are just doing their own thing because they can't get along with anybody. Anyway, let's go further. Uh, next quote. One of my first dates with a witch was on a satanic altar. Now, hold on here. You dabbled in witchcraft, but you're taking a date with a witch and the date, like, she said, one of my first dates with a witch was on a satanic altar. It's kind of a weird place to have a date. They have like a picnic there. I mean, what, what went on? Well, anyway, one of my first dates with, with, was with a witch on a satanic altar, and I didn't know it. I mean, there's a little blood there and stuff like that. End of quote. A little blood on a satanic altar with a witch, and you say you just dabbled? Oh, I'm sorry, but I, I think she was trying to... I mean, it's very disjointed in what she's saying here. But what she is saying is pretty heavy duty. Um, i give you the think to this clip. Now, this is from another article that had another interesting take on this. It is ironic that the establishment world would claim O'Donnell is connected to occultism when the practice is at the core of their own ideology. Remember what I just said about you know the world system and Satan's own and these types of things? This is at the core of their ideology, occultism, witchcraft. I've said this before, and I've got a whole teaching on it, that witchcraft is going to be the coming essence of the one world religion. The Bible says that in Daniel, that he, that the Antichrist will cause craft to prosper in his hand. These are, this is not arts and crafts. Okay? This is witchcraft. In fact, there's whole books written about the craft, as they refer to it as. One of them is called The Craft. And it's a witchcraft manual. Um, it's referred to as The Craft. I believe there's a movie named The Craft. 
Okay? When they say the craft, they're not talking about craft cheese, processed cheese. They're not talking about arts and crafts. They're talking about witchcraft. Okay? And it is going to be the coming essence of the one world religion. And again, how is the Antichrist and the false prophet going to deceive the whole world? What are the main ways it's going to happen? The Bible is very clear. It is through miracles, lying signs, and wonders, thereby which they will be able to deceive the whole world. Now, not born-again Bible-believing Christians, but the vast majority of the world. Well, how are they going to perform the lying signs and wonders and miracles? Through witchcraft. High-level witchcraft like we've never, ever, ever seen. Calling fire down from heaven. Stuff like that. Stuff that's like mega impressive. I mean, as compared to some of these Catholic miracles that these people go over nuts, you should see what's going to happen with these miracles. So that's why you better have your walk built. You better have your house built on the solid rock of Christ Jesus or it's not going to happen. You're going to fall away and you're going to get, you're going to, you're going to say, oh wow. Uh, who else could do such a thing? Your heart is going to deceive you. Why? Because the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Jeremiah seventeen nine. The Bible says, He who trusteth in his own heart is a fool. Proverbs twenty eight twenty six. And there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Proverbs 14, 20, uh, 14 12 and sixteen twenty five say that. So, don't let your heart deceive you. Get into a King James Bible. Get saved. Build your house on the solid rock of Christ Jesus, okay? Because there's storms coming and waves coming, as the Bible talks about. And if you're uh, if you're not grounded and rooted in the Word of God, you're most likely going to fall away. Because when you see the lion signs and wonders and miracles coming that the Antichrist and the false prophet have, and the New World Order have prepared, um, you know, you're 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 it's going to blow a lot of people's minds. What's going to be coming? So let's go further. From the Bohemian Grove to the Skull and Bones, the elite are obsessed with the occult. Skull and Bones, dismissed by the corporate media as a harmless college fraternity, is an offshoot of the German Brotherhood of the Death Society. Its roster reads like a who's who of the global elite. Uh, the Bushes, the Harrimans, the Phelps, the Rockefellers, the Tafts, the Whitneys. The Bohemian Grove is centered around the occult cremation of care ceremony and is an offshoot of the Skull and Bones. Now, I did a whole study on the Bohemian Grove you can reference, and, um, well, again, we've mentioned a lot of the stuff over the year. I've mentioned Skull and Bones quite a few times, but I don't have a dedicated study on that one. Uh, its elite membership, I guess the Skull and Bones, includes the likes of Bush and his son, Richard Nixon, Jimmy Carter, Helmut Schmidt, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Henry Kissinger, and other high-powered luminaries. I believe that's the Bohemian Grove. Including members of the corporate media that is now demonizing Christine O'Donnell. Arnold Schwarzenegger likes to wear his SS Totenkopf, or death's head, German word for the skull of a dead man, belt buckle. Now, he's been on the cover of magazines wearing that thing. That thing is one of the most occult Nazi symbols that there is. Schwarzenegger's nothing but a Nazi. His dad was a Nazi, and he's a Nazi. He even had a pose when he was a bodybuilder where he was doing like a side Heil Hitler. I mean, it was the only time I've ever seen anybody do the pose. At the time, I didn't think anything of it. But then later, knowing how the guy is, um, it doesn't surprise me. The Nazis who slaughtered around 30 million people were found were fond of the same symbol that Schwarzenegger loves to, to uh, wear. Hitler was obsessed with the occult. Schwarzenegger said, has said Hitler was a great leader. Yes, he said that. The man's evil. In 2005, we learned that former British Prime Minister Tony Blair and his wife 
Sherry practice occult ceremonies. In 2004, the London Times revealed Blair made political decisions based on New Age readings of a hidden force called the Light, often referred to by Lucifer, uh, often referred to as Lucifer by occultists. So that's just a little excerpt there. Now, next article. This is in response to the club dancing video that I sent out. And essentially, you got this um, Afro-American church where they've got the guy starts playing uh, Michael Jackson. Uh, no, first he starts out playing a song from The Temptations. And then he goes into Michael Jackson, Just Beat It, which is actually a really, really, really sexually perverse song. And then that goes into some other kind of real, I don't even know what song it was, hipster, gangster rap type of song that they're playing in the church. Most of the church is up dancing like crazy people. Um, It's really bad. I mean, I I couldn't believe it. And I give you a link here if you want to watch it, if you haven't seen it. Uh, It's about 10 minutes long, and it's just, it's unbelievable what is going on in the modern-day 501c3 corporate institutions that call themselves churches. Um, My response to the video was, and then the, the title of the video was Speechless. Well, that was, I forwarded, I forwarded this video from a listener, and, and that was how he titled it. And I understand why he did. Um, but a lot of people were saying back to me, why are you speechless? And I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. That was the what he entitled the video. I wasn't actually speechless. Um, I was actually more mad than anything else. The Bible says, be ye angry and sin not. And there is such a thing as righteous indignation. And when you see sin like this going on, and them trying to um, say that we're born-again Bible-believing Christians, and you know, it shouldn't make you mad. I mean, it's, it's just crazy what's going on in the church. Well, my response was Romans 2.5, and there were just two Bible verses. But after the, thy hardness and impenitent heart treasurest up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Well, what does that mean? After thy hardness and impenitent heart. Their heart has been hardened. They have given, um, the Bible says in the latter times, some shall um, give heed to seducing spirits. 1 Timothy 4.1 Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, and having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Well, it's like their conscience, their heart has been seared. Their heart is hard, and it's impenitent, meaning there's no, there's, they don't think they need to repent. They don't think they're doing anything wrong. They're impenitent. What does that produce? It, they treasurest up unto thyself wrath. What are they doing when they do this in the churches? They're treasuring up God's wrath against themselves for the day of wrath. They have no fear of God. To them, God is just the big guy in the sky. Literally. And they're treasuring up wrath against themselves for the day of wrath and the righteous judgment of God. That verse came to mind when, when I saw that. And then, it took me a while to find that one, but uh, Isaiah 13.9 says, Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, cruel, both with wrath and fierce anger, to lay the land desolate, and he shall destroy the sinners thereof out of it. We, we deserve judgment in America. I'm not saying everybody deserves judgment. I'm not saying somebody who is a born-again Bible-believing Christian, remnant Christian, that is living right before God deserves judgment. I think there's going to be individual um, 
mercy from God. But I think corporately, with what is going on and what passes in the churches of America, the 501c3 corporate institutions of America that call themselves churches, that literally have their right to exist from the government and the Internal Revenue Service, primarily so that these people can write off their giving on their taxes. Okay, wrong reason to give, number one. I've done whole studies on that, but we are ripe for judgment. We deserve judgment in America. And this video just drove it home how bad we deserve, and not only how bad we deserve it, but how bad we need it. We need it. God's judgment is really the only hope. It really is. Why? Why would I say that? Because if you look at when God judges sin in the Bible, look at Ananias and Sapphira as a uh, New Testament example. Well, what happened? Well, they both died. And it was God's judgment. They had lied to the Holy Spirit, essentially. And they had kept back part of uh, the price of a land and said we gave it all, and they kept back part of it. And they lied to the Holy Spirit. They were both killed. Everybody saw it. What was the fruit? Great fear fell upon the camp of Christians, and many were saved and many were converted. Sounds like a pretty good thing to me. But see, because there's no God, because we haven't experienced that type of judgment in America, sin is just abounding. Because why? Because people are getting away with it. It's human nature. If typically, unless you're going to police yourself, which again, if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. Unless you're going to police yourself, and there's very few people that will police themselves. According to the word of God. And I'm not saying I'm the, I'm the quintessential essence and the example by any stretch. Because we all need to judge ourselves more, I believe. But because they're not policing themselves, and because they have these lukewarm hireling pastors, for the most part, not everyone, but I'm saying for the most part, these lukewarm 501c3 corporate hireling pastors that have no true love for the sheep, but they're doing it for the hire... Some of them are wolves in sheep's clothing. Some of them are ministers of Satan that appear as ministers of righteousness. I mean, I think there's different categories here. Some of them are just spineless. They don't have a backbone. They lost it a long time ago. You know? There's different flavors of pastors, bishops, elders, deacons, as the Bible talks about. And it's not my job. I mean, God's going to be the one that judges that whole thing. But because they're not doing their job, the church is in the state that it's in. And it thinks it's just like the Laodicean church of Revelation 3. They're neither hot nor cold. Yet they think they're in need of nothing. They're, you know, and the way God sees them is blind, wretched, weak, naked before him. But that's the way the church is. They think they're in need of nothing. But, you know, in God's eyes, <laughs> that's a whole different story. We deserve judgment, okay? America does. And this is just more proof of that. Um, let's go further. Uh, let's see here. Okay, this is another response I got from uh, a, a lady listener. The scripture I think is fitting regarding this video is John 10, verse 4. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him. For they know his voice. And a stranger they will not follow, but will flee from him. For they know not the voice of the strangers. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which 
which he spake unto them. Then Jesus unto them, then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came to me, came before me, are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door, by me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and that they might have life more abundantly. Now, this is scary, because if you think about it, these people are all listening listening to a false shepherd. These sheep, okay, are all listening to a false shepherd, thinking they're doing God's service. Thinking they're in God's will. Acting like total idiots in the church. The Bible says that everything in the church should be done in decency and in order. And we should abstain from all appearance of evil. They're dancing around, gyrating, and they look exactly like the world, and they look totally idiotic doing it. I mean, it's it's disgusting. It really is. And it's kind of scary because you look at this verse and it's like, wow, it says, you know... The true shepherd, they're going to really hear my voice if they're really of my, of my, if they're really my sheep, they're going to really hear my voice. And the voice of a stranger, they will not follow. And you've got thousands and thousands and thousands of people following false shepherds. Literally, I believe the vast majority of times, straight to hell. That's scary stuff. But the Bible predicted it was going to be this way. Where? Well, in many places, but in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, it talks about, for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion. The people of the world is, is essentially them. And I believe that's including the lukewarm church. God shall send them strong delusion. That they will believe a lie. What lie? I mean, they're believing a whole bunch of lies from this particular past from this video. That they might all be damned who received not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Do you think they're receiving the love of the truth? Do you think they're preaching hard in that church? No, they're having pleasure in unrighteousness. It's very obvious. They're glorying in their shame is what they're doing. It's like 1 Corinthians chapter 5. They're glorying in their shame. And they make no bones about it. Next thing. This is from Ronald. He said, sad but part of the reason why I have not stepped into an Afro-American church since I came to Christ. I am also an Afro-American, and I thank God for that. But I do not like my culture at all. Busted up African-American leadership and satanic entertainment is keeping the culture blind. I've always felt rejected from my community because I am different. You know what, Ronald? Praise God. You're, you're in good company, man. Because we, we, my daughter and I talk about that all the time. We're so different. Well, the Bible says we're peculiar people. And be not of the world, and love not the world, and you know, do that, this, and that. And when you do that, you know, you're going to feel real different. You might feel rejected, and you might feel outcast. But you know what? Jesus Christ felt the same way. He was a man acquainted with sorrows, and he felt. I mean, at the end, pretty much everybody abandoned him, just about. And here he is, the Son of God, came here to pay, you know, our sin debt to save our souls with his finished work on the cross and his death, burial, and resurrection and the precious blood he shed, you know, but he was a man acquainted with sorrows and rejection. And look at how he got rejected the final days of his life. So we're in good company and, you know, we just need to stand fast in the faith and just keep going. Through the Lord Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Um, let's go further. Uh, let's see here. I've always felt rejected from my community because I am different. I talk different, act different, and never cared for music, films, or clothing, the clothing that plagues the African American youth. Hey man, God bless you. You know, I love you. <laughs> let's go further. This is from Michelle. Um, remember, uh, she gave me the verse, Revelation 2.5. Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen... Now this is like the to the uh, one of the churches in Revelation two. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, repent and do thy first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly and remove thy candlestick out of thy place, except thou repent. I hope they still have that opportunity. I don't know if they've been turned over to a reprobate mind. I don't know if their conscience has been seared with a hot iron. Because once you've been turned over to a reprobate mind and your conscience has been seared with a hot iron, I don't see a lot of Bible for reversing that process. I'm not saying God couldn't do it. I'm just saying I don't see a whole lot of Bible. And knowing the times that we're moving into, it's a very low likelihood these people are going to change. Do you see a lot of people really wanting to change? I mean, do you see a lot of people always really wanting to embrace truth all of a sudden? I don't see it. I'm sorry. I just don't see it. I'm not saying there's not going to be people that, that do. And I... Pray to God there's more. But the Bible says, Broad is the way which leadeth to destruction, and many there be that go thereat. Narrow is the way which leadeth to life eternal, and few there be that find it. I I wish it weren't so. I really do. I don't want to see anybody go to hell. Uh, But the fact remains is, unfortunately, the majority of people are. And we just need to pray and fast, you know, however God would lead us, and do whatever God would have us do in order to prevent, you know, as many people in our lives from that happening to. She goes on to say, in many churches today, including the blasphemous church shown in this video, it appears the Lord has already removed his candlestick from there, and they don't even know it. Great point. Again, that's God's business. I'm not 100% sure, you know, on this, you know, with a given church where they're at, but it's not looking good for that church. Uh, if that's what they're letting in there. This is from Derek, a great friend of mine. I love Derek. He said, what a shame, Scott. Black church, I love my listeners, but I just, I've had a lot of, this is, uh, I believe, Derek Talley. He's got a a really good uh, online ministry as well. Uh, Anyway. Uh, What a shame, Scott. Black churches in Atlanta, especially um, Atlanta, have been infiltrated by the bull, B-O-U-L-E. I didn't know what this was. It's some type of group that um, uh, has to do with, I guess, fraternities and sororities in the black community. Then he goes on to say, if you studied anything about the Skull and Bones, you may know more about the bull than you think. In 1904, the Skull and Bones helped the black fraternity start the black version of the Skull and Bones called the bull. I never knew this. I mean, hey, I learn stuff every day. Praise the Lord. If you decide to take on the study of the bull, you will have a ton of misinformation to contend with, including information that you will carefully have to navigate about the black Hebrew Israelites who are also warning people about the bull. Black Hebrew Israel. And I, listen, one study I'd love to do, because I've gotten a lot of inquiries about it. I just, it's so hard to, to just cover everything. I've got so much stuff coming at me. But yeah, there, I do have a Word document I can send you if you need it. On the black Hebrew Israelites, I, I put together, I think, a pretty good word document, but I haven't done the research on them yet, not, not in totality. Um, just email me at drjohnson, Dr. Johnson, at the letter I, the letter X, dot netcom, N-E-T-C-O-M, dot com. 
and I will I will send you that document. Uh, anyway, let's go further. I can kind of see where you would be between a rock and a hard place when it comes to warning people about the bull. Uh, and not wanting to be called a racist. Well, well, pretty much because I'm a white guy and I'd be exposing this black, you know, Afro-American type of thing. And, you know, they may say, oh, you're racist. I mean, that would be the card they would probably try to play against me. You know, which, you know, that's fine. Um, I'm not racist, you know. Anyway, I know I don't have to tell you this, but our war is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Amen. Uh, in a related disturbing news, American Idol winner Fantasia, who sells millions of albums, did an interview where she said the reason that she wanted to go to school was not for an education, but to pledge to Delta, which evidently is some kind of part of this bull. It's, it's a fraternity. She is convincing millions of young girls to aspire to join the bull. And again, it's like joining the Freemasons, you know. You, you, you cannot serve God and man. You cannot bow the knee to Baal and the knee to God. You gotta choose whom this day who you're gonna serve. Um, in the satanic pyramid, bull and the skull and bones are two bricks of the same level. They work together for the same Hegelian dialectic. They divide and rule because when it comes to dividing America, uh, okay, or two sides of the same coin, if you will. The most dip diplomatic people that I can think of that can put the racial Hegelian dialectic in perspective is the Collins Brothers, and they're at conspiracyarchive.com. Even though I love the Collins Brothers, they are friends with a black pastor named Pastor Manning. Please do not pa contact Pastor Manning for anything. The man is crazy, um, and I'll, I'll take his advice on that. Uh, I've wanted to take on the bull for a long time, but I'm not doing any more topical studies until I finish my Confession of Faith series. And there's a uh, link here if you want to click on that. Um, if there is any way I can be of help, let me know. I think it's an urgent to expose the synagogue of Satan, the black Hebrew Israel, the black Hebrew Israelites as one faction of the synagogue of Satan, because they, like the Hebrew Roots movement, have a race-based sortiology, and it's not a Jesus Christ-centered sortiology. And meaning, basically, what they're um, what they're saying is we're the true Jews, okay. And we got all these different religious factions, Hebrew roots people, and uh, Messianic movement, and these types of, and then we've got the, we've got the um, black Hebrew Israelites that say they're the 12 tribes of, and then we have the British Israelism, they're the 12 tribes of, well who's the winner? You know, I mean who's right? None of them are right. None of them are right. It's all occult doctrine. They're, they call themselves Jews, but they are of the synagogue of Satan. I hate to say that, but that's how I view them. Um, I mean, unless they repent and get out of that cult, and they're all different flavors of the same type of cult. Hebrew roots, black Hebrew Israelites, British Israelism, I'm sure you can go on and on from there. You know, And what does a lot of that boil down to? Pride? Well, look at me, I am one of the 12 tribes. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> you, you're really special, aren't you? Well, yes, I actually I am special. I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're so holier than thou, you can't tell them a thing, because they got it all figured out. And they're the only ones on the planet that have it all figured out. And everybody else is going to hell. That's what they're basically saying. They have the audacity to say, well, my cult 
has it figured out. And all you other guys, every single, all these other billions of people in the world are all going to hell because they didn't get exposed to the same cult doctrine that I was special enough to get exposed to because I'm special. Basically, that's what they're saying. What audacity. Be like a Seventh-day Adventist or a Jehovah Witness or a Mormon saying, we're the only ones going to wherever planet Kolob to make spiritual babies if you're a Mormon and, and you know, you, you go, you have all these different flavors of these different cults, but they're the only ones that think they're special enough. And you think about it, well, those cults were like started in like the 1880s, around there. What about all the people that was before the cult got started? Well, I guess they all just went to hell, every one of them, because they're the only ones that have it all figured out. Now, if deception and delusion is going to be the earmark, and evilness is going to be the earmark of when Jesus is coming back for the second time, don't you think you better check out your respective religion real, real thoroughly before you before you become an adherent of that? You better. That's why I don't call. I don't have any denominational label. I call myself. I just call myself a born again Bible believing Christian. Just try to follow the Word of God. Okay, and and because denominations, I don't see any Bible for it. Number one, and most of the time, what I see is it really messes people up. And everybody's going around thinking that I'm the only one, our denomination is the only one that has it figured out. Well, you mean like the Christian denominations, of which there's over 20,000, 20,000 plus Christian denominations. Well, which one has it right? Your guess is as good as mine. So anyway, let's go further. Uh, Let's see. I hope this information helps. This is from Derek. It's the start to understanding the source of the problem. The real source of the problem is unbelief in the one true God or the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Maybe you can find an ex-Bull member to interview. I, I don't really do interviews. I just, it's not my format. Um, not saying it wouldn't be a good thing. I just really don't do it. Not set up for it. And then he, he goes on to say, let's pray and ask the Lord how to approach this. Uh, take care, Scott, and God bless. Sincerely, Derek. God bless you, Derek. Okay. Next, this is going to step on some toes, this next letter. And I'm sorry if it does. It's not my intention. But he brought up some good points, and I've never even mentioned a couple of these. One of the points I've never mentioned, okay? And I'm just going to say it, because he wrote it to me, and he, I think he brought up some good points. Uh, this is from Thomas, and he, uh, he said, Scott, now this is about the video, okay? He said, notice how many fat and obese people are in that assembly. Now, it is true, when you watch this video, the one thing you'll see Particularly is, um, well, there's fat guys too, but there's a lot of really overweight women and men. And it seems like they're the first one up in the aisles dancing like crazy, you know. And it says, forget about the music for a minute. And think about how many will wag their fingers at this group and those like them while they themselves house the same spirit of gluttony. Oh, did I just say that? Yeah. He said it, but it's true. Now, I understand there's probably some exceptions to the rules out there. Somebody had their thyroid removed and they have no metabolism whatsoever. And they eat like a sparrow and they're still overweight. Okay. But there is a spirit, I believe, of gluttony. I do. I believe it. And I think there's Bible for it. Um, Well, there's spirits of all kind of other things. Murder gluttony, homosexuality. Why wouldn't there be one of gluttony? Gluttony's a sin, right? Sure. Um, well, the point he's making here is that 
I guess if like there was a whole bunch of overweight people watching the video and they're wagging their finger at those people dancing when they themselves are housing the same spirit of gluttony. Good point. I can't argue with it. You know, this is a glaring example of people whose God is in their belly. There's Bible for that. You know, um, the Bible says um, to mark them which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. And by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. Now, that's not the exact verse, but it's a similar verse. And that was Romans 16, verse 17 and 18. Deuteronomy 21, 20 also says, And they shall say unto the elders of the city, This is our son. This our son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. Okay, now notice all the things that are associated with gluttons. Well, he's also stubborn. He's rebellious. He won't obey our voice. He's a glutton and a drunkard. It's all negative and it's all linked together. So you can't say, well, gluttony's okay. Well, yeah, but look at the associations that it came with. And then Proverbs 23.21 says, For a drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty, and drowsiness shall clothe a man with rags. Well, that, that's, there's another thing, drunkenness. That's not Bible. The Bible says to be sober. You know? And, you know, um, you can't be a drunkard to be sober. For the drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty. Again, not really a positive connotation there. Proverbs 23.20 says, Be not among wine-bibbers, meaning somebody that drinks a whole bunch of wine, among riotous eaters of flesh. This phrase in red, riotous eaters, the, that, that phrase is translated from the same Hebrew word, Hebrew word for glutton. So a riotous eater of flesh is also a glutton. So we're not even to be among them. So again, um, you know, we can't really look at those verses and condone gluttony. I, but he brought up a good point, okay? That may really make a lot of people mad. Uh, I'm going to say some other stuff that's really probably going to make a whole lot of people mad today. But again, am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Um, now, then he goes on to say, now, that is small potatoes compared to this. <laughs> so now we're really going to get into have some heavy-duty stuff. What about the abomination taking place right now with Bishop Eddie Long? We're going to play you the videos on that. You know well about the Roman Catholic abominations through the years, but God is now really pulling the covers off all these atrocities. I agree, and I'm glad, because they need to be pulled the cover off of. Maybe if, if it stops any of these child pedophilia rapes, praise God, they need to stop. I mean, these people are worthy of death. The Bible said, Jesus Christ said, if, if you offend one of these little ones that believe in me, it were better that a millstone were hung about your neck and you'd be cast in the midst of the sea. Well, how, how much worse could you offend a little one that believes in Jesus Christ than to, than to uh, participate in sodomy and in, 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 in child, you know, pedophilia? I mean, it, it's, it's incomprehensible what's going on in the modern day churches. Catholic Church being the primary example where the majority, or I don't, I shouldn't say the majority, but I think the highest percentage of that goes on. But it's also prevalent in a lot of these other churches. Really prevalent. But it's covered up, just like it is in the Catholic Church. God needs to pull the cover off this festering disease that has infiltrated the churches. How is, is anything ever going to get any better unless the cover is pulled off it? 
Satan loves to slink about in darkness like a cockroach, hiding in these types of things. How is it ever going to get any better unless the lid's not blown off it? That's why I did that whole study on pedophilia. And child, um, child pornography. I didn't really want to do it, but, you know, it needed to be done. It was gut-wrenching. But, who cares if it's gut-wrenching for us? Think about those little kids. I mean, they're the ones that we need to be really praying for and thinking about. Not, oh, this is too much for me. (laughs) What about the little kids? The little babies? They're doing this too. It's incomprehensible. I mean, my word, we're so, we're so deserving of judgment in this country, in this world. All the blood that's been shed through abortions over the last 110 plus years or whatever it's been. It's, it's over a billion. Over a billion! I mean, the blood of one righteous man cried out from the land, Abel. And it was a big deal to God. Can you imagine the blood crying out from the land of over a billion little innocent babies slaughtered in the womb? At least Abel was a grown man. I can't even comprehend the judgment that's coming. can't even comprehend it. But we need it. And we deserve it. I mean, corporately, I'm talking about. I believe there's going to be individual mercy granted to people. I believe God is perfectly capable of protecting his remnant. I also believe there's going to be probably many of his remnant martyred as well. But you know what? God will give you the grace to get through whatever you got to get through. You just better have the faith to believe that he can do that. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And, you know, without faith it is impossible to please God. So, you know, if you, if you lack it, get in the word of God, increase your faith. You know, put on the full arm of God, above all, taking up the shield of faith, wherewith you will be able to quench all, all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So, anyway, let's go further. Um, you know, well, I, I emailed him back because he was asking me about the speechless thing. And he poses a question here, and I, and I emailed him back and explained to him, wasn't really that I was speechless, I was forwarding this email, and I wanted to get the information out. Anyway, he goes, you know well about the Roman Catholic abominations throughout the years, but God is now really pulling the covers off these atrocities. Will you be speechless with regard to his sheep that are engaged? Oh, here we go. Oh. In the same, well, I wouldn't say it's the same. Um, Let me make a distinction. I'm going to read this, and then I'm going to make a distinction. He said, will... You be speechless with regard to his sheep that are engaged in the same homosexual behavior that Eddie Long has been accused of. Have you Now, I'm going to read it further, and we're going to make a distinguishment here. Have you ever stopped to wonder how many professed married Christians, husbands and wives, are engaged in oral and anal sex, which is without argument sodomy and is a homosexual act? I don't think it's... Truly, from the definition of sodomy that I'm going to be reading, I don't really think it's a homosexual act. Homosexual means man with man, woman with woman. That's what homo means. One. The same race. It's not a homosexual act. But, it is considered sodomy. Okay, so that's the distinction that I want to make. It's not a homosexual act, but in God's eyes, I believe it's just as much of an abomination. Did you hear what I said? Oral and anal sex, heterosexual couples, is also considered sodomy. I'm going to prove it. 
I've proved it in, in another study I did this. Biblical sexual prohibitions. That's not my opinion. This was common knowledge till up to about 100 years ago. And uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to address it again because it, it's very, very important. And, and if this makes you really uncomfortable, I'm sorry. But if it makes you uncomfortable and it doesn't even apply to you, well, then that's fine. You don't have to listen to this. But if you think it would apply to you in any way, shape, or form, you better listen. Because this is really, really important stuff I'm getting into here. And this is something that has totally defiled a lot of people, and they're not even aware of it. They don't even know. And I'm not doing it because I want to say, oh, I'm better than you. I'm doing it because I love you enough to tell you the truth. So let's go further. God will not receive that abomination into his house, so we therefore have an obligation to cry aloud and spare not. That's what I'm doing tonight. The harlot whore church has the name written on her forehead, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. God is telling us that the false religion is based on whores and homosexuals. Well, I would think of this, this thing about Lady Gaga would pretty much reinforce that. This filthy wine of fornication perversion is being spilled on the land and it emanates from this false church. This is the root cause of the degradation of mankind. I think it's one of the root causes. I don't think it's the only. But it's one. Definitely a big one. Uh, People are being turned into the opposite of who our creator made us to be. And the leaders are blind to it. This is the reason why he will pour out his wrath, according to Romans 1. His people have left their natural use of their body. Um, It's not just homosexuals that have left the natural use. It is married and unmarried heterosexuals that have left the natural use. This is where the rubber meets the road. Now I'm going to get into specifically what this means. This is the inroad that the fallen angels entered in into Genesis 6. Great point. Why? Well, the Bible says that these angels left their first estate in Jude and pursued strange flesh. What does that mean? They pursued flesh that they were never meant to pursue, meaning women. These these fallen angels left the natural... And then it says, likewise did the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. So he's comparing when the angels fell and had sex with women, and and they they, um, abandoned the natural use of their body, of an angel's body, because angels aren't supposed to have sex with women. They left that natural use and they burned in their lusts toward this unnatural flesh, which for them was unnatural as as an angel. Likewise, did the people of Sodom and Gomorrah do men with men, women with women, they left the natural use of their body. And again, you want God's most severe judgment? Well, just have a society where that's prevalent. Well, that's what we're getting more and more and more. And then he goes on to say, this is how Satan has defiled mankind. Uh, Sincerely, Tom. Okay, so, yeah, great, great letter. Um, Let's go further here. My response, Thomas, I have done a whole teaching on the biblical sexual prohibitions and I got heavily into the subject of sodomy and I will bring it back up again Sunday. Uh, Now this is an overview of that teaching. I'm not going to do another teaching, but I'm just going to give you an overview and hit the high points. Uh, This is an overview of my teaching I did, biblical sexual prohibitions. I give you a link here, you can click on it or you can go up and search contendingfortruth.com and you'll find it. Do a search in the search box. In this teaching, we will be looking at the subject that is rarely, if ever, preached in modern day churches. The sexual prohibitions outlined in Leviticus 18 and 20. This is a very important study. I mean, these are just, Leviticus 18 and 20, it's just about sexual sins. Now, that hasn't changed from the Old Testament. If that was a sin in the Old Testament, it's still a sin in the New. That whole thing about the marriage bed being undefiled doesn't mean that anything goes in the marriage bed. 
Okay? That's not what it means. Okay, if it was a sin in the Old Testament, are you telling me that the marriage bed undefiled negates all that and you can do whatever you want? No, no, no. It doesn't. Okay? There are certain things in the Levitical law that are sin issues and they're overt sin issues. It's not a question of whether it's right or wrong. It's wrong. Okay? When it, now, there's other things where it talks about like plowing a an ox and a mule together or wearing different types of fibers on your clothing, that's that's a different issue altogether. Okay? There's ceremonial laws and there's basically moral laws. And um, when it comes to this, we're talking about something of a morality sin issue that will not change and will never change. Okay? So anyway, um, this is a very important study, especially needed by Christians in the day and time we live in. Truly, much of the body of Christ is being destroyed for lack of knowledge due to not knowing the material covered in this teaching. Unfortunately, there are many things that modern day Christians are doing, many times unknowingly, again, we're destroyed for lack of knowledge, that are affecting them adversely in both a spiritual and physical way. Now, in other words, if you're doing this stuff and you don't even know it's a sin, does that make it right? No. Well, could that be hindering your prayer life? Could that be hindering your life? Could it be literally destroying you? Well, the Bible says, you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. If any man defile the temple, you know, he will destroy the temple. How many people have maybe died as a result, or became sick, or, you know, this is like a big unconfessed sin. They don't even think it's sin. Well, that's going to, I mean, you partake of the Lord's Supper unworthily. It says many have fallen asleep, and many have become sickly because of partaking of the Lord's Supper unworthy. What if you think you're going up there, you confess all your sins before you partake of the Lord's Supper, which I highly advise you do, because it will help you with your sin life. Uh, we do it before we do our teachings here, every week. and I mean, sometimes we've missed, okay? But we try to do it every week, Lord's Supper, before we do our teaching, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them, we partake of the Lord's Supper, uh, which is one of the ordinances it's, it, of, of God, baptism and the Lord's Supper. And uh, I'm telling you right now, it makes a big difference. It will make a difference in your life as far as sinning. You will feel better. You will do better. You may be more convicted about sin and things like that, but that's a good thing. And I'm telling you, you will feel better if you partake of the Lord's Supper. I use organic grape juice and unleavened little... Uh, Crackers. You can get them in the bread aisle. You can go to the Jewish section of the grocery store and get unleavened little things. And that's what I use. And I'm telling you, it makes a big difference. Uh, the Bible also says, Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. I believe it's uh, Proverbs 16, verse 3, around there. Uh, anyway, that, so if you commit your works unto the Lord, your thoughts will be established as in regard to sin life and thought life and things like that. So anyway, I, I don't want to go too far down that rabbit trail. But um, this is a very important Bible study needs, needed by Christians in the day and times we live in. Uh, let's see. Truly much of the body of Christ is being destroyed for lack of knowledge due to not knowing the material covered in this teaching. Unfortunately, there are many things that modern day Christians are doing, many times unknowingly, that are affecting them adversely in both the spiritual and physical way. Much of what we get into was common knowledge up to even 50 years ago but has slowly been repressed since then. Now, are you telling me we're better today, as the church goes, than we were 50 years ago, when they had much more of a standard of holiness and righteousness and things like that? I'm not saying all churches, but generally speaking, are we moving in the right direction? I don't think so. We're moving in the direction of apostasy. We're moving in the direction, corporately, 
of, let's say, just lumping all of Christianity in one big ball uh, of the one world coming one world religion established under Antichrist. Okay? And sin, particularly unconfessed sin, will blind you to many things. And a lot of people, I think, are blinded because of this one issue alone, not to mention all the other stuff that could be going on. Uh, We will look at the shocking whole definitions of sodomy. Because everybody thinks sodomy, oh, it's two gay guys. Uh, We need to look at that a little closer, because that's not the full definition. Not even close. We'll look at the definitions of sodomy, fornication, intercourse, and also the New Testament text used to justify any sexual action regarding the marriage bed. We will also see how biblically these types of sins defile a person in a way that other sins do not. Again, I'm not going to do the whole study here. I'm just going to hit the high points regarding sodomy. The Bible says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But verily God hath heard me. He hath attended the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, which hath not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. So if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. You know how many prayers are getting hindered because of the subject that I'm getting ready to cover? We already started, but sodomy. This is from sodomylaws.org. Sodomylaws.org. We read, quote, The proscription of sodomy in the English tradition began in 1533 when Henry VIII adopted contemporary church doctrine into a system of laws at the time of the English withdrawal from the Catholic Church. Sodomy became both a sin and a crime. Since ecclesiastical law recognizes no distinction between a sin and a crime, um, sodomy included any form of non-procreative acts, including self-sexual gratification, like masturbation, oral and anal intercourse. The original 13 American colonies derived their laws from the English common law and continued the legal tradition in which sodomy carried the death penalty. Now, they got this from the Bible, okay? They got this from biblical things that were handed down, okay? But they just incorporated it into the law, okay? So, the English common law continued the legal tradition in which sodomy carried the penalty of death. The penalty of death. That's how big a deal it was back then. The 1683 Pennsylvania law called sodomy an unnatural sin, and the East New Jersey law listed it among the offenses against God. Every state adopted some form of sodomy law as it joined the United States. That's a big a deal it was. Do we even hear about this today? No. No. Satan don't want you to know about it. He just wants you to think anything goes. Either in its acceptance of unwritten common law or in formal codification, a slow modernization of laws away from the religious doctrine into a secular system reduced penalties over time in a piecemeal fashion. All states had laws against sodomy by the 1960s. And again, I give you the link to where that came from, that statement. Okay, American Heritage Dictionary defines sodomy as anal copulation of one male with another. Now that's where most people stop. That's a sodomite. Okay, well, I don't think so. Number two, second definition, anal or oral copulation with a member of the opposite sex. That's sodomy. It's it's a foregone, I'm telling you right now, this isn't something that's debatable. This is a foregone conclusion. I'm going to give you a whole bunch of definitions here from different dictionaries, and they're, they're going to flat out tell you this is what it is. So, most people stop at the first one. Anal copulation with one male to another. But the second definition, anal or oral copulation with a member of the opposite sex. How many times has that taken place in the marriage bed of the average Christian 
Think about it. Three, sodomy is also considered copulation with an animal. Why? Because these are unnatural sexual, uh, they're unnatural sexual sins. Okay? They don't produce any fruit. Okay? Normal intercourse, obviously, the main reason God created that is to make babies, right? Okay? Well, you can't do that with oral or anal copulation. I don't mean to get, like, graphic, but I'm saying I need to state this and get this out, and hopefully I won't have to cover it again. Because I don't like covering this stuff, but I feel like I have to. The same dictionary defines sodomite as one who engages in sodomy. To engage in sodomy is to use one's body in a manner that is contrary to its fundamental biblical purpose, which is procreation. Sodomy then has no social purpose or function. It is simply an activity of personal sexual self-gratification. That's what it's considered. Virginia's crime against law, or crimes against nature law, which prohibits any act of oral or anal intercourse, the law applies to both heterosexual couples as well as homosexual couples. Okay? There's no distinction. I give you a link there to the actual law. Webster's 1828 Dictionary defines it as a crime against nature. Webster's, in this regard, would not wouldn't want to get into any gore details. They just say it's a crime against nature. It was known what it was. I believe by adults. But it's a crime against nature. But, remember, this Virginia law that we just read, their actual law is called crimes against nature law. Okay, so what is that defined as? Any act of oral intercourse. Whether it's heterosexual or homosexual. Okay, that's what it means, a crime against nature. Uh, YoursDictionary.com is defined. Any sexual intercourse held to be abnormal. Example, bestiality, anal intercourse, especially between two male persons. Dictionary.com, anal or oral copulation with a member of the opposite sex or copulation with a member of the same sex. So, anal or oral with a member of the opposite sex or the same sex. That's how it's defined in um, dictionary.com. So, it's a foregone conclusion. It's not, you know... Sodomy isn't just this thing about homosexuals. <laughs> it's not at all. American heritage, heritage uh, any various forms of sexual intercourse held to be unnatural, abnormal, uh, especially anal intercourse or bestiality. Okay, now, Leviticus 18.24 says, Defile not ye yourselves in any of these things. Now, just got done listing a whole litany of sexual sins. Okay. Defile not ye yourselves in any of these things, for in all these the nations are defiled which I cast out before you. So in other words, if you're doing this, don't be expect don't expect God not to cast you out. It's he's saying defile not ye yourselves in any of these things. God's flat out telling you, don't do it. I mean, it's not right, okay? And what's the cost? Well, if you do it, I'll cast you out before me. Next verse, Leviticus 18.25. And the land is defiled. Remember what I said before about the innocent blood crying out from the land? Not only from the abortion clinics, but from this too. And there's a lot of, I mean, I think sin defiles the land to a certain extent, but there's other kinds of sins. Child sacrifice and I believe sodomy being the close second to child sacrifice. Uh, then you have pedophilia, you have all that other garbage. But 
I think it's a close second or close third as far as defiling the land. Okay, Sexual sins, what is he saying here? God is saying in his word that sexual sins defile the land. Talks about having sex with a woman when she's on her cycle. That's, that's an abomination. Talks about having uh, sexual relations with your relatives. That's an abomination. Okay, so, and again, you can read Leviticus 18 to get, the, I don't have time to get into all those. And if you want to hear my, my uh, teaching on this, I did a whole teaching. So, understand, not only is it going to bring God's judgment on you, but you yourself are participating in defiling the land. This is why God's judgment has to happen. We have to be judged. Because there's not going to be mass repentance of this. Most people don't even know about this. There's not mass repentance about all the babies that have been slaughtered. All the... the 40, 50 million that have been slaughtered since Roe vs. Wade in America alone. All that innocent blood crying out from the land. All the sodomy that's taken place that nobody even thinks is a big deal. Maybe they think about the homosexuals, but they're not even thinking about this. I mean, you could go on and on and on. God's judgment has to happen. It's coming. I can't even imagine it. I really can't. Um... And I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad tidings, but individually, you can still do something about it. In your own life, you have to police yourself. If we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. And I do love you enough to tell you the truth, and I guarantee you something. Me and you get up to heaven, or whoever, okay, you're going to thank me in heaven that I told you this. You're not going to be in heaven saying, I... You know what? You came off, and I can't believe you told me that. I was having fun, and you rained on my parade, and I'm so mad at you. You're not going to tell me that in heaven. I guarantee you that. <laughs> okay? Um, so anyway, I don't mean to say that because I think I'm Mr. Wonderful. I'm just telling you. I know for a fact that, that I think you would thank me. And I mean, you know, the Lord's the one that put me in this position. The Lord Jesus Christ is. I mean, thank him. I mean, I, I should have been dead a long time ago. With all the garbage I was, you know, doing. I've mentioned that in times past. And so, I'm not going to take credit for any of it. I'll give the Lord Jesus Christ the credit. The Bible says, in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he, meaning God, will direct your paths. So, we acknowledge God, and we don't take credit for stuff, and we don't take God's glory from him. Because, um, you know, God doesn't share his glory. Okay, he's, he's very clear on that. And I don't want to take his glory. <laughs> I don't want to go there. Okay, so anyway, next verse. Ye shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments and shall not commit any of these abominations. Specifically, he's referring to the abominations of, of Leviticus 18 on the sexual sins. Okay? Neither any of your own nation nor any stranger that sojourneth with you, among you. I mean, he didn't even want anybody in the nation doing it. This is why I believe God always seems to practice, well, he, he practiced it a lot with the Jews, some type of segregation from a holy standpoint. I don't mean, I don't mean prejudice. I mean segregation from a, not letting the pagans come in to your, your land and defile your land with their pagan practices. Because trust me, if they come into your land and start doing abominable things and defiling the land, it will affect you. That's why when they went into the promised land, they killed they did as exactly as God told them. They killed every... Well, sometimes they didn't, sometimes they didn't. But they killed every... Sometimes every man, woman, beast, child, everything had been so defiled, they had to kill it all. 
because their seed had been corrupted. And that's a whole other study I've done as well. But anyway, um, let's see here. So it says, and they shall not commit any of these abominations, neither any of your own nation, meaning their own race, nor any stranger that sojourneth among you. I mean, it's a big deal. It's defiling the land. But today it's not even, it's not even taught. It's not even, there. it's not even anything. But God's the same today, yesterday, and forever. He is God. He changeth not. It's still a big deal to God. It's a huge, huge big deal to God. I mean, if the church would just do this one thing, I honestly believe God would start opening their eyes about all these other things. But I believe this is overriding a lot of other things and they're blinded. You know, it's it's very sad. It's very scary. Um, Leviticus 18.27 For all these abominations have the men of the land done, which were before you. Where are they now? God had killed them all. He drove them away, or he killed them flat out. And the land is defiled. Why? Because the people before them, that were in the promised land in, in particular, were defiling the land with these abominable practices. I mean, there were giants in the land. There was Nephilim-type beings in the land there as well. You can imagine what perversity they would participate in. I wouldn't even want to try to imagine it. Can you imagine? Oh my word. Pure depravity. Leviticus, in the next verse, Leviticus 18.28, that the land spew not you out also when ye defile it. In other words, they're not going to get any special pass because they're the Jewish nation. He'll do the same thing to them he did to the people before them if they participate in the same sexual sins. And I'm telling you, the two things that I have identified defile the land in the Bible is innocent blood shed on the ground, innocent blood shed, particularly child sacrifice, I think is the main, most egregious one, um, and also sexual sins, and particularly sodomy. <clears throat> that the land spew not you out also when you defile it as it is spewed out the nations that were before you. The land will literally spew you out. Do you realize the land of America, and I'm just talking about America, but a lot of other places, is getting ready to spew out its inhabitants? I believe it's. I believe it. Why? Because God is the same today, yesterday, and forever, right? Well, he did it before, and God's telling you not what to do. In, 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 in America, all these sins listed in Leviticus, is any, it's anything goes anymore. I mean, it's, it's even worse. It's way worse now than it was then. Can you imagine what God's judgment is going to be? We know what's going to happen because we can read the word of God. The land is getting ready to spew out her inhabitants. Because of this one issue alone. Man, it's going to get ugly. It is going to get horrific. It has to. Unless there was mass repentance on at least a national scale like Nineveh. And it's not going to happen. Not going to happen. If it was, the Bible would have said it was going to happen. It doesn't say that. It says, evil men and seducers shall wax regarding the end times. That word wax means to grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Then all you got to do is look at the book of Revelation and Daniel to know that wickedness is going to abound and increase. doesn't mean we don't fight. You know, we're supposed to occupy till he comes. We're supposed to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. Earnestly contend means to earnestly fight. Quit you like men, meaning behave like men, be ye strong. 
Anyway, um, this is a lighthearted study, isn't it? Uh, let's go further. Revelation 18.4 says, And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, like the whorish Babylonian system, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues. So this is one way I would think that God would really, I mean, if you weren't aware of this, and you stopped it, you're not going to be, okay, you, you can, I'm saying God can't forgive you. He can totally forgive you, okay? But you don't want to be partakers of their sins, and you don't want to receive of her plagues. Trust me, you don't want that. So, um, that is, uh, I'm going to have to go to part three here, because I'm, I'm starting to run long on time here. Uh, boy. Man, I want to do this. Um, let me go, let me stop here, because I'm already about 104, 64 minutes here. And I'm going to go to part three, and I'm going to try to get in as much tonight as I can. So, God bless you, and we'll see you on the other, other, other side.